Hello and welcome to a very special podcast from Sod Show people. Uh, Brian Green here and him, Peter Tonigan. He's taken photographs in the, in the background, things that happen in podcast studios. Uh, this is a special because it's not on the radio, it's in the podcast only. Today we are doing a special. Brian has never seen a beetroot. And if you are a regular listener to our radio show, you would know what that means. Uh, it, it's true. I have never seen a beetroot other than in a jar in water in a fridge. And there's hilarity from the hort world when they hear this. And I just don't understand the in joke. I, I just haven't seen one. But I've been doing this for near on five years a radio show about horticulture, about landscaping, about gardening, and I have no interest in it. And what we're going to try and do and find out in the next five, six, seven minutes is can our expert gardeners who we contact uh, convince me that it matters and that I should get my green fingers green and mucky and dirty and get out in the garden and do it? Because five years of it, it hasn't rubbed off and it hasn't washed off. Peter's here. Peter... What are people going to be telling me roughly? Is it going to matter? Is it going to work? Are they going to convert me? I'm I'm stuck on the expert bit and wondering if I am part of that plethora of people. Well, you don't need to contact me on a weekly basis and I'm just bigging myself up now here. Possibly, okay. Possibly I, for a very large fall. Let me put it another way. You've been around me five years and I've been on your radio show uh, doing tech and you're the gardener and you know that I'm not that interested. Okay, I can take my microphones to Kew Gardens in London and I can interview them about gardening and botanics and all this kind of stuff, but I'm not interested. Can our experts today make me interested? My head says no. I, I, to, to be honest with you, Brian, I've always described horticulture and the gardening or the art of or whatever you'd like to call it, be it the window box or be it the one plant in your bathroom, it doesn't really matter. I've always described it like falling in love. And you either are or you aren't. And it's one or the other. And you can't make somebody kind of love you that much. Now, that maybe is pushing it a bit too far. But at the same token, what I'm saying to you is the biggest dilemma that I had before I went to college was would going to college actually take the understanding out of the actual love, like like somebody explaining to you the equation for falling in love. And now you understand it, you've dissected it, you've split it apart so much. So my head says, if you're only ever going to do one thing and it makes you smile just that once, well, at least you tried. So you're basically saying that I can be married to the sod show, but I don't have to be in love with it. So marriage and love are different things. Well, I'm not getting myself into trouble that much. But at the same time, do you get where I'm coming from? I think I think there's a point sometimes for people who work in parks, there's a point for people who visit gardens and parks on a regular basis. And equally, there is also a place and a more than welcome place for those who only go once a year. Spin it, twist it, turn it. I'm going to ask you, do you think I'm faking it, that I, I'm actually faking that I'm not interested and I actually am interested? Wow, jeepers. Oh, God, this is we could end up on very late night daytime television stuff here. But uh, I don't. After five years, have you ever really tried to garden? And I mean, I know your garden. So I've got. <laughs> so yeah. So so this guy called Jeremy comes out and does a DNA test to see if the beetroot is really mine. Yeah, I think he'll find you actually haven't opened the jar, Brian. I haven't even opened the jar. But just get to this beetroot thing, okay? Sure. Uh, I've never seen one in in the flesh, in the skin, in my hand, come out of the ground. Okay, yeah. but it's like 
an elongated onion kind of thing, is it? Beetroot, for want of a better description, is like a very dark ruby red. They always say Guinness is like ruby red, and it's not until you put a torch at the back of it that you realise it's that kind of ruby red. That's the that that when you put the light through it is the colour of beetroot, and when you cut it on the out, uh, cut it on the out, straight through the centre. My apologies, you'll see the same colour running the whole way through. So someday you're going to surprise me, and we're going to actually go and do some field interviews, and there will be a beetroot, and you will be able to show it to me. Uh, I've been waiting. I've been waiting. It hasn't happened yet. Let's go to the phone callers, and uh, who's on line one? Eugene Higgins. Hello, Eugene. Uh, it's great to have you on the line. Uh, quick fire, one minute. Convince me that I should care about gardening. Brian, I would like to convince you about gardening because you need to understand that gardening is where everything begins, where the soil began, where life began, where everything begins and should continue. And that's most fundamentally important because we all have a little bit of it in our back garden. And if we don't, we should have. So think of it as your part of nature, integrating with all the other gardens in the area, all working together. Mother nature in your garden, where butterflies, bees, hedgehogs, you, your children, your grandparents can go out and enjoy, where rain shouldn't be trapped and where all the plants should perform entertain you and flower continuously now if i'm not convinced about that then you can contribute to maybe growing some vegetables at home and if you aren't convinced by that because you think growing vegetables is going to be a little bit too difficult i need to say to you that as far as gardening goes you can't do anything that is healthier and more enjoyable because you're outdoors in the fresh air and you get to see reward very easily because gardening is not difficult. It's actually very simple. It's good for my health. I'm going to get loads of nice food and biodiversity is what I should be interested in. Okay, I'm going to compute those and going to talk to a few other people and see if, in total, we've convinced me to like and get interested in gardening. Thank you, Eugene. Thanks, Brian. Our next caller on the line from Australia is Tim Entwistle from the Botanic Gardens in Melbourne. And you're going to try and convince me of, you know, a couple of things to make me interested in horticulture. Well, look, you, you've got to be interested in horticulture because you eat and most of the really interesting, nice things that are good for your plant. So that's the first thing. The second thing is they're pretty and beautiful and, you know, the flowers, the, the, uh, the way plants look. And you can, you know, just sit back and actually enjoy a, a tree or reading a book under a tree. Um, the third thing is, look, they're, they're absolutely uh, essential for life on Earth. And I think that's the great thing about, about plants and horticulture is that without them, we just wouldn't exist. The air you breathe, the clothes you wear, the medicines. I just can't believe you need me to convince you. Tim, uh, thanks very much. I, I take it that if, if I was to enjoy it as much as you do, I'd get to travel the world. You would, yeah. You, you look, I, I, I love travelling the world looking at botanic gardens and, and plants, yeah. Thank you very much. OK, thanks for that. Okay, it's back-to-back calls and on the line we have Karen O'Donoghue from Grow It Yourself International on the line from Cork in Ireland and you've got to convince me in the next 30 or 40 seconds that I should, I ought to care about gardening. So Brian, the first thing I'm going to suggest to you is that instead of looking um, at growing some of your own food as something that's dull and dated and that other people do, and also I want you to blast the stereotype or maybe the, the preconception that um, you have to have loads of time, loads of land and really green fingers. So let's take all of those obstacles out of the way, which means you're now going to be totally open-minded and willing to give something a go. Um, I'm going to come and tell you that growing some of your own food, evidence shows that it's much better for your health, that by doing so you develop something called food empathy 
which means you reconnect with food, you really start to think about where it came from, and by doing that, you make better, healthier consumer choices because you become more aware not just of the food that you grow, but also other choices that you make um, in the aisles, in the markets, as in what. Um, I'm also going to tell you that by growing some of your own food, you can take um, a stance against the environmental damage that's going on. Um, no need to watch politicians gather for a big climate uh, conference or to be freaked out of your mind by horrible headlines. You can actually be the power of one, be proactive and do something about greenhouse gas emissions because by growing some of your own food, you help address that, which is a uh, food production is a big contributor to greenhouse gas emissions. And also by growing some of your own food, you've less air miles and um, you cut down on food waste. So that gets the big green thumbs up of approval. Time, time up, time up, oh, time up. No. Have you got one more? I do have one more. Okay, one more. By growing some of your own food, particularly by going, growing some of your own food with GIY, you get to hang out with some really cool people some of whom you might never get a chance to stop and meet and greet because you're meeting them in a completely different setting and all sorts of great things happen over uh, a mug of tea or a pint at a meeting or a cup of cake or a cup of cake, a slice of cake or any of the other things that come out when you meet uh, with the group and just start chatting. Okay, I'm going to put that into the big Brian Green tumbler, which is my brain. I'm going to compute it. I'm going to come up with an answer. I've heard loads of advice today and I'm going to see if I'm going to take the advice or if I'm going to run. Karen, thank you very much. You're so welcome. And when you make the right decision, give me a shout and I'll help you take those first baby steps, dude. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay, stop the lights, stop the clocks. The jury has voted and I'm the jury. I have to decide whether people have convinced me or not, to take more interest in the subject of gardening, landscape, the great outdoors. And I have to decide. And I have to say that people have some really good points to make. But can they, and this is not a head thing, this is a heart thing, can they change my heart? And I I think something's going to have to come along for me to fall in love with in the garden. Do you remember the first time you heard Edda James sing... At last. Do you remember that? No, but I do remember do you remember the first time by pulp and I remember the first time hearing that, but go on. Okay. Well, let me give you a different one. Led Zepp singing Gallows Paul. Yeah. I wouldn't know the first time, but I do know it. I remember the first time. Okay. That's what I'm saying to you. And you either turn around and go, Holy good mother of God, where have you been all my life? But after five years I don't see that happening. Okay, and in your life, parallel that to Gardening, you were five years of age, is it, or younger, and you were growing plants under your bed. That's now a cliche, yeah. That, that's a bingo word in, in our radio show. It is, yeah, yeah, but that's but that's the truth for Brian, you know. And and you, again, it's like playing music, it's like playing football. I mean, George Best never was classically trained in how to play football, is the easiest way to put it. We've interviewed the greats on this show, and would you say most of them started that way? You know, the kind of the four-year-old violinist, the, the five-year-old growing plants under their bed, would, they, would they've all been child prodigies of gardening and landscaping? Or I don't, no, I don't think all. I think I think you just have a passion. I don't think it matters what age you come to it at life, you know. I, I mean, you, you look at, if you want to analogise it to music, you got people like C6 Steve who, you know, 60-something years of age and all of a sudden he's an international superstar. So I think horticulture has its own and I think there are a lot of people who came to it late who maybe saw it as a missed 
something in their life or a clink that was missed. But but again, as I said to you, the the uh, quandary is always whether you wish to understand it so much that you dissect it that it turns you off it, or do you keep it as a hobby and you remain in love? To close it out. I'm going to give you one chance, just one hit, to lay it on me and say, this is why you should care about it, Brian. Oh, God. Uh, Brian, for me, it's 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 getting up in the morning and and it's it's the analogy of being in love all over again. You turn around and you go, there she is. I married this. I fell in love. It makes me, she makes me smile every single day of the week. That's that, what Mother Nature you're saying, and that's what plants do for me. It was uh, at six years of age. I remember planting my first hyacinth bulb and getting up in the middle of the night, wee hours, tiptoeing down the stairs to see if it had grown, and I still do that to this day. Wow. Yeah, that's I, what I'm saying. I'm not quite there, folks. Uh, let's uh, end it on that note. And uh, thanks for listening. Check us on one hundred three point two Dublin City FM throughout. Uh, 2016 and catch us at sodshow.com for the last five years of podcasts it's been wonderful thanks Peter thanks Brian